Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed Alicia Pope, a California-based Pilates trainer, holistic health coach, and host of the Purely podcast. Alicia is also the founder of Purely You, which is known for helping you become the best, most happy version of you. Purely You is an on-demand subscription that encompasses body-loving Pilates movements and motivational health coaching. In this episode, Alicia and I discuss her relationship to social media, avoiding comparison traps, improving body image, the benefits of Pilates, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. I'm so, so excited to be here and do this on the other side. Flip the script a little bit this time because I know you were just on my show recently. So, so excited to do this and be hanging out again. I know. Me too. I had so much fun on your show. And for anyone who doesn't know you, um, I'd love for them to get to know you better just by doing like a brief intro, like holistic overview of who you are. Um, not just, you know, in the wellness industry, but like who you are as a person. Um, are you married? Are you yeah. a daughter, a wife, like all the things? Yeah, totally. So my name is Alicia, formerly Pope, which is why my business is all the Pope things, but now I'm Alicia Eric because I am married. Um, it's actually a year at the end of this month, which is crazy. Um, so that's really exciting. And yes, I am a health coach and Pilates instructor and my whole mission is for women to really be that best version of themselves, but also on top of that is feeling super confident and really happy and like they're their own best friend because I spent so much of my life like battling myself, you know, and not being on the same team as my body and whether that showed up in how I was eating or how I was moving or how I was showing up in my life in general. Um, that's really a whole part of my mission because I've had to figure it out the hard way for myself. So I just want to spread that message, especially I have a little niece, so I'm an aunt too. So I have, I have a niece and um, two nephews. And so um, that's really important for me just seeing like the world through her eyes too. She's seven years old. And I just think that it's like, I become so much more aware now of all of the messages in the media and things like that, that are out there, um, that, that they're saying to women and things like that. So that's a little bit about me. I live in, um, LA and I'm originally from Chicago. So Midwest girl originally lived, lived out here for like four and a half years. I don't know if it's our forever home or not. I'm kind of just like, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. And I have my own, um, podcast, the purely podcast, and then also my on-demand subscription platform, which is Pilates and health coaching. And I work with clients one-on-one. My old background was corporate and, um, corporate event planning and then wellness event planning. So that's where I was before this. But yeah, we can dive in wherever. But that's just a little bit about me and who I am and all that good stuff. I love it. I love that. I mean, you just have so many different facets to who you are as a person. Um, And I always love hearing about people um, just, you know, who they are outside of Instagram too, because I know that there's so much that you probably don't share, especially if you're like with your loved ones and things like that. So um, it's great that you have, you wear so many hats and you you manage it all, which we'll definitely dive into later. (laughs) But you did speak a little bit about, you know, 
your niece and how she is probably hearing some messages in the media and, and things that are directed towards young women. I mean, I can't even believe seven years old sounds really young, but really it starts at that age, like right around yeah. seven, eight, nine is when girls get a little more aware of their bodies um, mm-hmm. and in comparison to other women and other girls. Um, and so I'd love to hear more about your relationship with your body and body love and acceptance and and has it always been a positive one or have you kind of had a journey with food exercise the works because I feel like a lot of people in this space who end up helping people actually have that kind of a background themselves where they had a struggle in that area yeah yeah totally so yeah so I would say in terms of like my past and my relationship with my body I think it's definitely ebbed and flowed like I said before I think that for so long, I was like at war with my body, right? And I think that I'm huge on mindset and how our mindset affects everything that we do and like how we're thinking about certain things. And I think that the intention behind what you're doing of like why you're moving your body, what you're fueling your body with, things like that really does matter a lot. And for so long, my intention was just in the wrong place. So like back to where I can remember, I think it was like third or fourth grade, which is really close to my niece's age too, which is crazy. But I just remembered, I started to correlate like being skinny or how you looked with like people liking you or being popular and things like that. And I just, I started to really correlate your appearance in general with how other people treated you. And that's really crazy to like notice that far back. And so that's why it's something that I'm really cognizant of now with my niece as well, with all these things, like with filters on social media. And, you know, it's like if she gets on TikTok or she gets on Snapchat or something and I'm like, get those filters away. I'm always like, you don't need those. Like you're, you're beautiful. And and all the things. But um, so when I'm thinking back to that, I just always correlated with it. So I didn't always have a great relationship with my body. And, and it kind of attaches to, to like in the past, I think I had always been a form of a people pleaser, right? And not necessarily just because it's like I wanted to make other people happy. It was more so it was always focused on how can I make other people like me? And I correlated that with like, okay, how can I basically be something that somebody else like wants or wants to be friends with or likes or whatever, whether it was just a friendship or whether it was a romantic relationship, whatever. Um, I really just focused on molding myself into what other people wanted, um, including that thing with the body too, you know? And I think that for so long I had that intention, like I was going, going back to the intention, I had that intention of, okay, I need to eat less so I can be smaller or, you know, I need to work out at the gym so I can be smaller, not, oh, I want to move my body so I can get stronger and so I can feel really good or not. I need to nourish my body so I can feel really strong in my body and feel absolutely amazing and energized and nourished and all of those things. And so even going back into like college too, it was crazy because I think that even like, you know, I gained a lot of weight freshman year, like a lot of people do. And then I came back sophomore year after doing like a special K diet, which is just crazy. I don't know if you remember that, but it was basically like eating like straight cereal and like, and like cereal bars or whatever. And it was just so not good for you. But I got, again, it was like my beliefs were reaffirmed because I got all this positive 
feedback from people when I came back to college and they're like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Like, what are you doing? And like, you know, all of the things. And so it just reaffirmed those, those beliefs. And basically I got to a point later on where I was in like a toxic relationship. I got out of it and I kind of had just like an, an aha moment where I was like, why am I living like for other people? And why do I keep trying to mold myself into what other people want of me? Like I need to just start saying no to things that I genuinely don't want to do. And then I'm saying yes to just to make the other person happy and start to make myself happy first. And so it's funny because I know it's like your question was about the body piece of things. But I think that for me, it's like all so intertwined to the movement piece, to the exercise piece, to the food piece of things too. And like the mindset piece and that self-love piece because I think when it comes to body acceptance and like body love, I think that so often body love can feel so unattainable because I couldn't sit here and say like, oh, I'm obsessed with my body every single second of the day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think any woman can, but it's definitely been something as I have worked on my mindset, as I've worked on healing my relationship with exercise, with food, with all of these things that has definitely gotten better because I've realized too, like one of the things that helped me the most in healing my relationship with my body is looking at all the people that I love and admire the most. And what are the reasons why I love and admire them the most? it has absolutely nothing to do with their looks. It's like how they make me feel. It's the type of person they are. It's their personality. It's how, you know, how they are as a person and who they are as a person. It's not how they look at all. And I think that when you realize that you're like, oh yeah, like nobody really cares, right? It's like, we're our hardest critics. And also when you realize now, thankfully, it's like coming out like how much Photoshop there is or like, you know, people having eating disorders. I mean, even growing up in the nineties, it's like all of the models were like, stick thin, like all of the things that we were seeing. Thankfully that's changing now, but that's one piece that helped me a lot. And then the other piece that helped me a lot was focusing on this concept of like body acceptance and body gratitude instead of body love or like body positivity. Because I don't think, I think body positivity and body love are absolutely amazing, but I think for a lot of people, they can feel a little bit unattainable. And I mean, don't give me, like some days I do feel like I'm like, oh yeah, I do. I love my body right now, you know, but not every single day. And I think that for me, I I'm able to, when I'm able to shift to that, like appreciation and gratitude, if I am having a, you know, maybe a down body image day where I'm like feeling self-conscious about my thighs or cellulite or something, then I'll just say, okay, like, well, you know what? I'm really grateful to have my legs to be able to like do my morning walks or, you know, I'm really grateful for my arms to be able to like hug my husband or whatever it is. Like I'm grateful for what they're doing for me and I can like at least appreciate them. Maybe you're not obsessed with them, but like, and even too, I'm really cognizant of the verbiage that I'm using when I'm teaching Pilates, like strong arms, you know, not like let's shrink our arms or whatever. Like I hate when I hear those things from fitness instructors and thankfully I, I don't really hear that anymore, but I had it in the past, but I think it's like the, the women that I surround myself with now are like very cognizant of that. But, you know, I think that just saying things like that of like, you know, strong arms or, you know, shining your heart forward, things like that of just how to really celebrate our bodies and be there is really important because I think the language we use is super important as well. Um, so yeah, so that's a little bit of my journey of body love and body positivity. I know I kind of went all the, all over there, but I'm sure we'll dive into different areas. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great message that you have about the, just the gratitude and almost, I've heard the term body neutrality to just be very almost like, it's not that you're 
you don't love and appreciate your body, but it's more just you don't let the way you look consume your thoughts to the point where it matters the most. Um, So it's really just like your body is just a thing that allows you to move through this life and help others and do good and and like love people and love yourself. And so um, I think that that's a really important message, especially like you mentioned. I keep going back to your niece, but it's it's just like so – sad to me that even at the age of like seven they're using like filters um because we grew up in a time you and i without social media and yeah it's incredible it's incredible to see like how it's affecting their mental health like young women and teenagers and and kids really um have you you have you yourself had any issues with like social media and like comparing yourself your life your body your business to other women in the in the wellness industry I think a hundred percent. Like, I don't know anybody who probably hasn't. I think it's kind of impossible to not. I think that the number one thing, which is like an answer that all of us know, but it's just so much easier said than done is just like, stop the consuming and just like focus on yourself and like creating and stuff. And so when I get in a place of really that comparison place, I really do try to just kind of take a step back and know number one, that not everybody, like that's literally 1% of somebody's life. And it's so curated too, which is crazy. That's why my friend was just telling me about Be Real, like that new social media. Have you heard of that yet? I have. I think you told me about it. Oh, okay. So it's like that new like social media app where it's like, it it basically gives you a notification and it shows like your face, but then it also shows in front of you and you have to take the picture like right then. And it gives you a prompt like randomly every single day. You have to take the picture and then post it right then. So it's like more real in the moment, like no filters, like there's no filters on there. Like you don't use emojis. Like you could use your own face as an emoji, like different things like that. And, um, and it's just like much more authentic. And I think that that's like what we're missing, but going back to the comparison piece, I think that just really trying to like, if you're noticing yourself in that place of taking a step back and focusing inward and, and really just stop with the consuming so much. I mean, sometimes I will just like put my phone away um, because I think it's so easy to do, but I think remembering that it's like, it's literally some, somebody's 1% of their day. And also you never know. I mean, I've made it a point on my social media to not use filters. Um, sometimes I use the Paris filter, but like outside of that, I won't use any filters because I do think, again, going back to my niece, that was like one of the reasons why I didn't want to use them anymore. Cause I'm like, she looks at my stuff. You know, it's like she grabs somebody's phone. Some, it's not like she has her own social media stuff, but like she grabs somebody's phone and she's, you know, looking at my stuff on TikTok or on these different platforms. Like, I don't want her to see me like all different than I look to her in real life, you know, and make mm-hmm. her think that she needs to look differently or something like that. And I think that we don't realize, but they are being impacted and we're being impacted. Like, I heard um, a so, like a plastic surgeon the other day on somebody's podcast and they said that like women literally come in with a picture of them with the filter on their face and wanting to change their face. No. And it's so wild because it's not realistic and it's not real life. So I think that whenever you are like in that comparison trap, I just really try to take a step back from social media. And and also I think that when we are comparing, we're in that like lack mentality instead of the abundance mentality. And I'm really big on that as well. So if I catch myself saying like, 
oh, why not me and why her? Or like whether it's, you know, something that happened, an accomplishment, whatever, because I think it's really easy to attach to things like that as well. Then I'll really try to focus it and like shift it to, okay, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. And I say like abundance mentality, because I think that's really important as well. I think that, you know, if you see things in lack, then that's going to show up. I think we really do bring to life whatever we're putting out there, whatever we're thinking. And so if we're thinking about that lack, then that's what we're going to bring into our life. But if we're thinking about that abundance, like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like seeing it in this way of, oh, wow, that can happen for them. So it can also happen for me too. That's great. But of course that takes mindset work to get to, it's not going to happen immediately. So also like protecting your own mental health and headspace and knowing when you need to take a step back, like mute people, like unfollow people that aren't making you feel good and, and be really really um, cognizant of that, of who's not making you feel good, because we do have the power to control who we follow. I think sometimes we forget that, you know? And so I think that's another really important piece as well, is just like taking that accountability of what information we're ingesting. And if it's not making us feel good, okay, let's try to, you know, course correct it. Yeah. I think the muting is huge. And I've done that um, admittedly to a few people and that you know, in the past. And then I, and then I go back and I unmute them because then I realized I, it was about me. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. handle whatever they were putting out. And it's totally different if like their energy is toxic, negative, not my vibe, then I'll just like straight up unfollow. Or if they're a friend, I hope they wouldn't be, but if they were, I would just <laughs> probably mute, mute them. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's like, important to go back to the people that you muted, muted and then revisit and say, okay, why did I do that? Like what what in me was missing to look at their life and want it so badly or be jealous of it or kind of like covet what they have um, and then like do the work there? Because I have I think I've noticed that I, I'm not envious, but I do gravitate towards people who are living a life that like I would actually want to live. Like I think those mm-hmm. are the people that I follow who aren't necessarily like, you know, best friends from college and things like that. Um, and so I just – I, I just wonder, like, if you think that there's any inspiration in that, because I know that we talked about, like, the the muting is helpful for people that, like, maybe make you feel less than. But what about people who inspire you? Like, Melissa Wood Health, I feel like you guys are, like, have a lot of synergies mm-hmm. um, and, like, like, you know, the Pilates and the approach to, like, body – just body – acceptance and yeah. and things like that. Um, so like when you look at someone like her, obviously she's got millions of followers yeah. and she's amazing. Um, and so are you, but do you look at her with like as a source of inspiration or do you kind of look at her also as someone like, man, I wish I had that. I mean, I think like completely honestly, like she is somebody that I like look up to so, so much. She's somebody who I've actually had like the pleasure of like working with like people on her team and like talking to them in like my past career too. And she's somebody who actually I had done her workouts for probably like five years, like since she came out with her own platform, like that's what I had done the workouts for a very long time. And I admire her so much. Like I look up to her so much. And actually even like I was talking to somebody on her team um, about coming on my podcast. And she's like, you know, she wasn't doing interviews at the time because she had was releasing her own podcasts and things like that. And they were streamlining it. And I had told them that I, you know, I mentioned to them, I was like, you know, I'm actually launching my own platform. And Melissa was like a big inspiration for that and whatever. And they're like, you know, we wish you nothing but the best, like congratulations. And it was just so it was just like, she is definitely a role model for me. So I think in terms of that, like, I think she is, 
been so instrumental in this space in lifting other women up, of really thinking about that in abundance too, and that abundance mentality. So when I look at her, I look at like, wow, this is really, really inspiring of what can be possible. You know, like, so I think that just the energy that she puts out into the world, I love her stuff. Like she really, I mean, her intuitive movement approach, I mean, she was like the first Pilates that I started. I did Pilates prior to doing her stuff, like reformer Pilates. Um, but she was the first Pilates that I started doing again when I like got out of berries and like all these like mm-hmm. crazy hit workouts that I wasn't like a fan of and things like that. And it was really eye-opening to me. Actually, she's like one of the first people that ever introduced this concept. I feel like she was one of the first ones to really introduce the concept of like these shorter movements and how effective they can be and like that consistency in each day. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I've learned so much from her and I think she's like such a huge person in the space that she's just super inspirational. I like, I love her so much and I think she's great. And I think too, I think it's like, it's interesting because I think in the fitness space, there is so much overlap But I also think that there's like, there's room for everybody, you know, because I think that like, this is what I always say for health coaching for people that are thinking about being health coaches. They're like, well, is it too saturated? Like, are there too many health coaches? And like, listen, not every person is going to have like the exact same message or the exact same coaching, the exact same approach. Are all the basics going to be the same? Yeah, probably of like, okay, eat more vegetables, eat more whole foods, eat less processed foods, move your body, sleep, drink water. Like, you know, like all the principles are going to be the same, but the approaches are going to be very different. And somebody needs to hear that message from you. Right. So like, I'm not for everybody. Melissa Wood isn't for everybody. Like, you know, it's like all these different things. I think that that's like a really good eye opener and like reminder for everybody that even if there's other people out there in the space doing things similar to you, you still are your own unique person and your own unique individual. And you still have your own personal story of how you got to where you are. And so many people out there in the world are going to resonate with your story too. You know, so I think that's like a really important thing to remember for anybody that's wanting to do anything that like they think might be like a saturated space. Um, So, yeah. So like all in all, to answer your question, I mean, I think I look at her as like somebody that I look up to and I like strive. I'm like, this is amazing what she's been able to accomplish. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. And I think you should not you, but like the general you like you should continue to like follow people and interact with people on social media who you might not know in real life who inspire you. I think that is the main thing for me is like if someone is not like a personal connection, they need to inspire me or like educate me in a certain way. Um, maybe entertain me. I don't know. I'm more so about education and inspiration than, than that. Yeah. But, um, I feel like that's like the big takeaway that I've like gathered from our conversation, but also in general, just like my experience with social media too, where you can have a really negative experience on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, if you're following people um, who just make you feel like your life is not cool enough, you know, like you should be following people who make you want to be better. And I feel like even though her life is incredible and just amazing, um, it's not like I'm sitting here saying I want her life. I just 
I want to be more like her as a person. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at too. Yeah, Um, exactly. I think it's inspirational for sure. And I think like going back to what you were saying about like looking inward about the people that you do mute, because I think that's like a really important thing to highlight as well of like, okay, if somebody is like quote unquote triggering you, like it's not their responsibility to like not mm -hmm. trigger you. It's your responsibility to look inward and say like, why is this triggering me? And I think here, like, I think that's a really important thing as well because even like for example when I was creating my platform when I was first creating all the workouts and flows that I was doing and filming I made a point to not look at other Pilates instructors content during that time like I wasn't doing anybody else's workouts like I was only going to the studio where I was training at Um, but outside of that I was just really trying to like look inward because I didn't want to be like clouded with outside information or like replicating anything else that I was seeing and so I think that's like another important thing too of like having people as inspiration but also taking the time to like be quiet and be still with yourself because I think that's like another huge thing as well you know of just like okay like what do I actually want because I think so often too with like a new trend every single day or somebody posting everything. And then it's like, we see all these things and we're like, wait, like, do I actually even want that? Like, you know, like taking a second to see, okay, do I want that? Or like, what do you actually want when all of the things are turned off too? Yeah. I think that the noise of other people's accounts and like stories can definitely cloud your judgment of like what you actually want in life or what you want to create, right? Like you mentioned creation versus consumption. And I totally agree with you. You need to create more than you consume to have a really good balance and like healthy mindset when it comes Mm -hmm. to social media. Um, And I know we went down a rabbit hole with social media. I really want to talk about Pilates because truly that was like – that's like the genesis of me reaching out and wanting to do this (laughs) podcast interview because Pilates is – it's like a big deal now. Like everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing their hot girl walks in Pilates. Um, And it's a little bit controversial to some in like the strength training space. But I personally, as a a former fitness instructor who did like boot camp classes and taught them – I personally think Pilates has a place in everyone's workout routine, like Mm -hmm. period, end of story. Even if you just do it once a week, you're going to see results because it's really about your core. Um, And like that's like the your core and your spine and your posture and everything like that. So um, you are the expert, not me. What made (laughs) you want to get certified? And then obviously you you have your own platform now. So I think that's incredible too. I'd love to learn more about how you did that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So in terms of Pilates, I'm obsessed with Pilates. So the first time that I did it was probably when I was like 22 or 23. Um, So that's like 10 years ago now. And I started going to um, Club Pilates Reformer. I feel like those are like everywhere, Club Pilates. And I really, really enjoyed it. And so back then even, I had this idea of like I wanted to become a Pilates instructor. Um, However, it obviously took a really long time. I mean, that's like one downside of Pilates is that it's very expensive to get certified in Pilates. So that's like basically something that held me back for a while. But when I was in a place that I was able to do it, I wanted to get certified. So going back a little bit, because I feel like it is important, an important piece of the puzzle. So as I mentioned, I was doing Pilates like 
10 years ago, right out of college. And I really loved it. But it then I went back to Chicago. So I was living in San Diego at the time, went back to Chicago. And this was in my phase of like really big people pleaser, really big trying to figure out like, how can I make other people love me? How can I make other people like me? Things like that. And I just had a lot of shoulds in my life too, of like, oh, you should go to this like crazy hard workout because like, that's how you're going to be skinny or be fit. And that's what all like the Instagram models are doing and all of those things. This is before I even had like any sort of platform too. And I was like, okay, well, people are doing like boutique fitness. So I guess I need to do this. So I went to, um, I already mentioned it earlier. So I, I was going to Barry's nonstop and absolutely nothing against Barry's, nothing against hit workouts at all. But for me, I had this relationship with it where I had such anxiety before going to the class. And then during the class, I was like, number one, I hate running. Like, I don't know why I was ever doing this. I literally despise running so much. And then I would leave the class and I would feel super depleted and ravenous all day. And I just, I wouldn't feel energized. And so I got back into shortly after that, my friend had convinced me to try Melissa Wood. And this is when she was on a different platform even. Like she hadn't had her um, – she hadn't had her own platform yet. And so she – yeah, yeah. The early was, days. Sorry, I was like, wow, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, it was like a really long time ago. Um, and so, and so, my friend had said, she's like, I think that you would really like these workouts. Like, you should try them. And so, I started to do them, and I was like, wow, because I always thought I was like, well, it's not. I got into the point where I was like, well, it's not hard enough, or it's not effective enough. It doesn't do enough, whatever. And I proved myself wrong as I started to do Melissa's workouts, as I started to go back to reformer Pilates, because number one, I was looking forward to the workouts. Number two, I was seeing more results from the workouts. Number three, like my energy levels were changing. I didn't feel depleted all day afterwards. I was feeling really good in my body. I feel like it was really great for my hormones, things like that. So that's really like where the genesis like kind of took a turn in terms of my relationship with mood. And I started to just reevaluate all of these ideas around it that like it didn't have to be something that was crazy hard every single time you were moving. It didn't have to be something that was an hour or else it wasn't worth it. It didn't have to be like this crazy, like really hard thing on your body, right? Like the running and the heavy weights and all of that. Like it could be really gentle and still be super effective. And it also didn't need to be like an hour, two hours in the gym or whatever. Um, it didn't have to be sprints, things like that. So, um, slowly but surely I started to like prove myself wrong and I started doing like core power, like yoga sculpt, things like that. So then basically since then I basically switched a hundred percent over to like low impact workouts and, um, and Pilates. And so finally I pulled the trigger on getting certified. So I'm super excited that it's fine, that I am finally certified. But in terms of why I love Pilates, number one, I love that it's super gentle on the body and it's for everybody. Like truly Pilates can be for every single level, no matter your age, no matter your injuries, whatever it is. Like it's such a healing workout and the philosophy behind Pilates is amazing. You know, it was originally called Contrology um, because it's always, it's talking about all of like that in the body and just how the body is meant to work and things like that. So um, Pilates is just, it's great. It's great for your hormones. I love it. I look forward to it. I think it's such an effective workout. 
out no matter what anybody says. Um, however, I'm not going to tell everybody to do Pilates. If you've tried Pilates and you hate it, like don't do it. You know, I think that's important too, is like find a movement that you enjoy, that you look forward to and keep going back to that. And you, you mentioned so much that I want to talk about um, Pilates you you talked about like the the way in which it started and how and what it was you know meant for um can you speak a little bit more about like what it what happens to your body when you're doing pilates because i've noticed like there's a certain body type that is usually achieved when doing pilates and i'm not saying that that's like normally what's going to happen to everyone but i yeah. do feel like it does and i don't mean to like use this term in in a negative way if this is how it's coming across but i feel like it leans people out like it makes yeah. them long lean that's like melissa woods thing too long lean lines and um i feel like it's it's always focused on like the core um but i am not certified so i just i'm just wondering if there's like is there like a reason behind all of that like is there a way that you structure workouts to get those results yeah totally so the whole thing with pilates is that it encourages proper alignment and it encourages proper posture so when people say like oh the long lean lines are like you're getting longer or whatever how that is um a lot of people might actually get taller from doing pilates especially if you're you if you're doing reformer pilates as well um because you're stretching out in the body right like you're creating the space in the spine so a lot of the workouts a lot of movement movements in Pilates are actually all about realigning the spine or whether it's like a spine stretch forward or whether you're doing a spinal twist and things like that. And so it's really focusing on realigning the posture. So in terms of like those long lines, that's kind of where that probably comes from. It's not that it's like fake or that it doesn't happen. I mean, you're not going to turn into a body that's not yours, but you will probably get a little bit lengthened out from doing Pilates consistently because you probably are going to have better posture and taller like my pilates trainer um who i went who i got certified with actually said she's like you can kind of tell people who do pilates versus don't by like the way that you walk because too like your pelvis alignment for example like in pilates you're having to tuck your tailbone in a lot right and like have that proper alignment rather than having that really big arch in your lumbar spine and your low spine and so when you do that even if you think about like tucking your tailbone and then like knitting your together and then shoulders rolled back and down. Think about how different you even just look physically from just standing slouched over with your, with that like big arch in your back, you know, things like that. So, and in Pilates, you're focusing on that proper posture in every single position, right? So that's another thing too. So with Pilates as well, is that it's a core focus and a core-based movement. So we refer to the core as your powerhouse in Pilates. And so that is at the root in every single movement because the stronger that your core is, the more supported the rest of your body will be, which then that's going to be less injuries, less strain on your neck, less strain on your shoulders, which again is going to allow you to create that space between your neck and your shoulders. And your shoulders are going to be able to roll back and down. And like your chest is going to be proud forward as well, right? You're going to create like like more space between your shoulders, things like that. Um, and another re- really big piece of Pilates as well, which again might create that visual of like those long lean lines or like leaning out, is that a lot of Pilates focuses on flushing out toxins, decreasing bloating and inflammation in the body. So a lot of the moves stimulate the lymphatic system to that it's going to flush out the toxins. So like if you think about the hundreds, and for anybody that doesn't know the hundreds, it's basically like you're in a boat 
pose. Your heels are together, your toes are apart, your legs are long, your arms are long by your side, and you're pumping your arms with a slight bend through your elbows. One part of your lymph is in your in your armpits, right? So it's like you're flushing out there just doing that. And so if you kind of think about that with like a lot of the moves in Pilates, you're doing that too, right? Like I actually have a series on um, my movements too, where I do like deep bloat and sculpt flows, where I really focus on the movements that you're like, you're twisting and you're opening, you know, and you're really getting the, like the spine stretch and things like that. And really focusing on that lymphatic drainage through the body. So that's like another thing that, I mean, there's even a move on the reformer that's called stomach massage where you put your toes on the foot bar and your heels are together. And then you're like grabbing underneath the, um, underneath the bed and the carriage and your knees come into your chest and then you release out long and you kind of like sit up straight, but then you're, you're, you curve forward and then you extend your legs. And basically it's so funny because I, because my, my teacher, my trainer, when she was teaching us that move, she's like, you know, this one's really great for digestion, for deep loading, all of these things. And I'm sure, you know, as a mom, like I saw my friend doing it the other day. She's like, yeah, when my, um, when my baby's constipated or when she's like trying to get out of poop, I like <laughs> yep. put her knees into her chest and I release them out and knees into the chest and release them out. And I'm like, that's in Pilates all the time. You know, it's like if you're doing frog or if you're even the stomach massage, things like that. So that's another piece of Pilates that it's like, it's just built into all of the movements. So Pilates is a very smart sort of movement, right? Like Joseph Pilates, when he was putting together all of these things, that's what he was focusing on. He was focusing on like the control of the body and like how the body should be properly aligned and how to support the body, which is like all starts in your core as well. So that's a little bit about all of the long lean line stuff. I know I went on like a tangent there with so no, many different here. tips. Like people but... can't see me, but I'm like my jaw dropped when you mentioned the the like lymphatic system and like the yeah. drainage because I've d- I've done Pilates for a while too and like and like like kind of like you like and got introduced to it in like college. Actually, <laughs> this is crazy. I don't I think her name is Mari Windsor. Do you know who this person is? She's like um, like the ring know. the Pilates with like the ring. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the ring that is like they would use the ring to like put it between their thighs when they did yeah. the blue bridges yeah. and like use it for other things. Um, my mom had this Pilates DVD anyway. I did it in middle school. And I remember I saw like really good results and I wasn't even like trying to lose weight. I just wanted to like be active like mm-hmm. after volleyball season. And um, I remember just being like, this is so good for your core. Like so yeah. good. And I felt like I looked just like my natural – I looked like my natural self. Like I didn't look – like super like bulky or anything I just like looked like me but like just healthy um and I remember doing the 100s and I was like wow this is like really challenging this is really hard and I never in my life would have thought that I had any type of like effect on any other part of my body other than just like oh sculpting like abs or something like that so it's so cool that you mentioned all of the background because I'm always intrigued as to what a certain exercise does for totally. the body and like how it achieves those results. And um, just as an aside, I would love to know like what your workout schedule is like because I feel like most people probably think that people who are in shape or have like a fit, like a fitness business um, work out 24-7. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned like, you know, some of your flows are longer, shorter, like it doesn't really matter. Just that consistency matters. So do you have like a set routine? And if you do, like what's your standard workout time for yeah. Pilates? 
Yeah. So it's so funny that you asked that because I could not be like less of it in a movement routine since I became an instructor. And that is mainly because number one, like when I was going through training in the beginning of this year, I, um, I like it was mentally and physically exhausting. It's like we were doing Pilates during the training. So I wasn't really doing any workouts outside of my training. And then once I started like launching the platform, I'm like, okay. So I didn't usually used to like do Pilates or do any sort of like formal exercise on the weekend. It would just be like hiking or walking or whatever. And now on the weekends, I'm normally filming. So I'm usually filming workouts for the platform. So normally that will be like, I'll usually three is my max that I'll film at a time. So like, like three, like 20 minute, 20 to 25 minute, or maybe two 20 minute, and then like one 10 minute or something like that. So that's like my max that I'll film at a time. But most times I'm filming like one to two times over the weekend. And then I normally am taking Fridays and Mondays off. And then Wednesday through, um, through Thursday, I'm usually like creating new flows. So I'll kind of like go through it, but it's, it's, and that's will usually be anywhere from like, 15 to 30 minutes or something max. Um, I think I have like the longest flow on my, um, on my platform is 43 minutes, I think, but most of them, the sweet spot is between like 23 and 30 minutes. Like those are, that's kind of the sweet spot, but I do have like a whole section for under 10 minutes or under 20 minutes. Um, cause I think that the timing, it's like, I don't think you need super long. And I think that it's so funny because for me specifically, like so much of, I just think you feel really good when you show up and move your body. And I think it changes how you show up in the rest of your day. But for me, it wasn't feasible to work out for 60 minutes every single day. And sometimes even if that's a quick 10 minutes or something, I think the consistency of showing up for you and getting in that movement is the most important thing because I think it really does affect how you feel the rest of the day, how you impact, how like it impacts you how you act the rest of the day, you know, like all of that stuff I think is really important, but I think that consistency piece is really important, but no, I'm not like working out nonstop, but (laughs) it's definitely very different. And normally I'll try to go to at least like one reformer class a week too. Yeah. I love reformer classes. I love solid core. That's like the only, actually that plus, um, Oh my gosh, I can, I'm blinking on it right now, but it's in Chicago. You would obviously know. Um, Oh, yeah. Studio Lagree. Is this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lagree. Okay. Yes, Legree. Yeah. I don't know if it's called Studio Legree, but yes, yeah. I did that um, with um, a friend in Chicago and I was like, oh, I could do this every day. I could seriously, yeah. I love Pilates. And like yeah. you mentioned, like the low impact is so sustainable. Just for like, think about what you're going to do as a grandma, like, yeah. you know, someday. Yeah. like you should be able to do this movement throughout your whole life. Totally. And I think that's like one of the biggest things is that Pilates is like a longevity workout. Like it's for longevity. Like it's the alignment, it's the posture. It's really great for your hormones. I mean, every single move focuses on incorporating your breath. So breathing deeper, which not only increase blood flow, but it also boosts your body's brain and functionality and things like that. Like we're, we're not breathing properly anymore either. So I think that that's a huge other benefit of Pilates where, you know, a lot of times it's like, if you're at a class with a really good instructor, they're going to be telling you when to inhale 
inhale and when to exhale, right? Like in through, inhale through your nose, exhale out of your mouth. And you're usually exhaling on the exertion, but then you're able to really fill up your lungs. And like, and that's also really great. I mean, Pilates is so great for your hormones too. It's really low cortisol. You're not spiking your horm- your your cortisol completely and crazily, you know, like during that movement either. So it's really, really great. And it still is like a lot of people say that it's not like a cardio workout, but I'm like, your heart rate can definitely get up in Pilates and it's definitely sustained cardio. It's not crazy where your heart rate's going up like crazy, but it's a sustained cardio, which is really, really great for you too. Um, So I think that's like another piece of the pie in terms of the benefits as well um, that I'm obsessed with too. Yeah. I know, I know. I could talk about Pilates with you all day, but I want to yeah. shift gears a little bit and talk about um, like health and nutrition yeah. and lifestyle coaching and things like that because you also went to IIN like me. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm always curious as to what people do with their degrees or their certifications, I should say. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm kind of in like a limbo right now, just got a lot going on with like two kids and I'm full time job and um, just kind of using it to help family and friends. Like before it was like, paid clients. And now I'm just going to be completely honest. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. And it's not like hugely like time consuming Mm -hmm. um, because it's more like a phone call or a consultation. And like, that's about it. Maybe I'll go to the grocery store with someone when I can. But you actually have done quite a bit with it. And I would love to hear about what you've done and all of your offerings. Yeah, totally. So I do still work with some clients one-on-one. So a piece of my on-demand platform is also health coaching. So each month I do have different, um, different focus topics. So I've talked on intuitive eating, intuitive movement, um, you know, change your mindset, change your life. So there's a different topic that I will coach on each week on the platform. So that's definitely one thing that I've done with it. But the first thing that I did with it was I worked with one-on-one clients and a lot of my clients and my niche of people that are coming to me are the people that had the exact same struggles that I did, right? I think that it's like you always attract the people that are going through kind of the same thing as you. And a lot about my approach is really focus on mindset, on mindset shifts. How can we shift out of this like lack mentality, especially when it comes to food or movement or exercise and focus on this abundance of like, what can I add to my plate or how can I move my body in a way that feels good and really focusing on those mindset shifts and focusing on self-love. So definitely I work with one-on-one clients. So that's a way that I work with clients. And then I have hosted group programs in the past. Um, I did a like new year, best you, I think it was last year or the year before um, group program, but I actually really like the one-on-one programs better because I just think that people get so much more out of it, but I usually work with my clients on a six month basis. Um, and I am doing that less and less now because I, you know, of course, from like a scalability perspective, there's only so many clients that you can work with and on a day by day basis or a week by week basis. And so that was part of my inspiration for going over and shifting over to the subscription platform. One, because I wanted to be able to reach more women and two, because I wanted it to be accessible because the truth of the matter is, is that health coaching isn't super accessible. One-on-one health coaching isn't super accessible for everybody. And I have a huge belief that health and wellness and all this information should be accessible to all. It shouldn't be something that's like only available to a certain demographic of people, of women. And so I wanted to make it super, super affordable for everybody to be able to get that information, to consume that information and be 
able to do that work too, um, while obviously still being mindful of my time too. So um, obviously I couldn't work with somebody one-on-one for the price of my subscription, but that was like another route that I went to. And then something else that I've done with my health coaching, which has been really cool and another like offering that I have is that I partnered up with one of my friends, Taryn, who is also an IAN health coach. And she kind of focused on the same thing as me, like intuitive eating and intuitive living. Um, and we have hosted a coaching for coaches group together, which has been really, really fun. Again, just focusing on, I mean, even going back to that question that you were mentioning with Melissa Wood, for example, of like focusing on that abundance and focusing on like community and lifting each other up over and collaboration over competition, you know, and like really helping other people lift up because at the end of the day, it's so funny because I always talk about this, like Taryn and I were technically like competitors, right? It's like, we both have the exact same niche in health coaching and we both were like looking for the same clients. But at the end of the day, we both knew like, we can't take all the clients. Like there is a, there are plenty of clients out there in the world and we don't need to like operate from this like lack mentality. We're like, why don't we come together? And we've been able to do so many amazing things together versus like this, like competition or like limiting mentality and being able to offer that. So we did a whole like coaching for coaches, program. And then we're also hosting our first retreat together in November, um, the confidence retreat in Scottsdale, Arizona. So that's all about like the health coaching stuff, but I'm, it's really, really exciting. Wow. I want to go to that retreat. Like I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't have a two month old right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, next year, next year. I know, I know. I, you, you just mentioned like so many great ideas for health coaches that are, are even listening. Um, just like you said, like collaboration, working one-on-one, doing group programs, doing something that's niche for like also the certain, a certain time of year. Like January is obviously the best time <laughs> to have a yeah. group like coaching program for people who want to like kind of reset and like focus on like building healthy habits and like learning more. So um, just for anyone listening who's looking for business ideas, I think they can also learn from you because I just feel like so many people that graduate and like I'm put my, putting myself in that camp they get the the certification and then it's like, okay, it just sits there on the side for a little bit. They might continue mm-hmm. doing what they're doing. Um, they might take on some clients. They might not, you know, have huge success. And then they just kind of like give up. Um, yeah. And so I think um, just being creative with it. You don't – it doesn't have to be your like main, you know – source of income, it could be like a side piece of something that you've now like taken on in a different direction like Pilates. So it's like a new offering that makes you even more unique because you not every Pilates instructor has a nutrition degree, you know? Yeah. So so I love what you've done with that. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Just to wrap it up a little bit, I want to learn more about some staple wellness practices you have outside of Pilates and the mindset stuff. Um, what are some things that have helped you? Like what's in your toolbox that you go to time and time again to, to kind of ground yourself and, and focus on just living a life well lived? Yeah, totally. Um, so something that has helped me so much has been the daily stoic. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's by Ryan holiday. I started reading it. It's just daily excerpts for anybody that hasn't heard about it before, but it's daily excerpts that you read 
And I started reading it probably three years ago, and it's probably one of the most instrumental things that has helped me to change my life, change my mindset, and like to get me to the place that I'm at today, because the whole principle of it is focusing on what you can control, which is yourself and being disciplined with yourself while being like tolerable of others and their their habits and whatever, and knowing that you can't control the external factors. So that's something that I read every day. And also just, I mean, reading in general, I think that has been something that has been really helpful for like my personal growth and self-development. And I'm obsessed with every single one of Ryan Holiday's books, like the enemies, um, the ego is the enemy, obstacle is the way, stillness is the key. I just got discipline is destiny. So all of those books, I 100% recommend so much. And then something else that I do every single morning is a gratitude practice. So I love the five minute journal. Again, I've probably gone through like 12 of those books. But for me, it was really, really helpful of just turning into that abundance mentality as soon as I wake up and flipping the script and looking, okay, instead of seeing like our our human default is to look at what's going wrong, but I like to flip it and say, okay, like what's going right, right. And what's going right today. And also I think that being able to focus on gratitude also allows you to put things in like a bigger perspective, right. Of like what matters and what doesn't. So that's definitely another really big thing. And I've been really trying to also get back on um, my meditations too, because I've noticed like how big of a difference it makes for me when I do meditate versus when I don't. Um, So I love superhuman. I love Melissa Woods meditations. I think hers are great. I love my friend Krista. She has her own, um, you can find her on YouTube at channeled for you. And also she shares them on Instagram. So that's like another really great one. I think I already said superhuman. So those are like all my favorite meditations too. Uh, Yeah. Meditation's huge. I feel like we have so much in common in that regard. Um, I want to get more into stoicism. My brother has been into Ryan Holiday's work for so long. Yeah. Um, But the meditation and the gratitude, definitely feel you on that and can relate to the fact that when you don't do your meditation, (laughs) you you just react more to everything, I feel like. Yeah. Um, it just grounds you in the morning. So I, I think that those are all really good tips and hopefully people have you know, have their notepads out or like if they're driving, they're like maybe voice noting some of this because you've just yeah. given so much information and I'm always appreciative to any guest who just comes in and is an open book and you really are that person. So I just, I thank you so much for joining and I always end every episode with the same question. Um, no surprise there, but Alicia, what does living a life well-lived mean to you? It means living a life that you are living for yourself, um, that is really fulfilling to you and what's making you happy and tuning into that and really showing up and being your own best friend and living from a place of self-love and self-appreciation and self-gratitude. Because I think that when you're not showing up for yourself and when you're just doing things out operating for other people, then that's no, no good is going to come from that. But I think when you're focusing on filling up your cup first, then you're able to show up as that best version of yourself. So I think that living a life well-lived is doing that, of showing up for yourself day in and day out and knowing that you're worth showing up for. Amazing reminder. Thank you for sharing that. And where can people find you if they want to connect after the show? 
Yeah, of course. So you can go to purelypope.com. Um, if you go to shop, actually, you can see, I actually have the coaching for coaches program on replay as well. So if there are any health coaches that are feeling kind of lost, that's all that's for new health coaches or health coaches that are wanting to take their business full time. And we dove into so much stuff there. So I know you mentioned like there might be health coaches listening, so you can definitely head there. And then also purelypope.com, you can go to the on demand and you can check that out. You can claim your seven day free trial there. Um, and it's only $9.99 a month for everything to get the health coaching and Pilates, body loving Pilates, motivational health coaching, um, your home for becoming the best version of you, happiest version of you. And then on all social media platforms at Purely Pope and the Purely Podcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Well, I mean, you are doing so much and at <laughs> like $10-ish a month, I would be hard-pressed to find anyone who can't afford that. Yeah. So I <laughs> applaud you for making it at an affordable price point. And hopefully you get some new subscribers from this this episode, um, mm-hmm. maybe some new um, you know, followers along on your on all your social media accounts, um, just because I find you so inspiring. And I know that's a huge reason why I wanted to connect um, for this episode, because you're like my Melissa Wood. Like I, I look up to you like you look up to her. Thank you. That's um, a huge compliment. <laughs> it's so true. I really mean it. And um, I hope to continue the conversation, of course, after. But um, thank you again for taking the time. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.